Hello, and welcome to the Rise and Thrive Show podcast. I'm Erin Warhol. And today, Mary Hayes Greco and I are sharing a discussion we had in our very first season of the podcast, back when it was called Life Gets Better Now. We are exploring the topic of what is true freedom? Listen in as Mary explains that it is the healing experience of forgiveness that delivers the promise of freedom because freedom is an inside job. Enjoy this conversation with Mary Hayes Greco. Little darling, it's been a long, long, lonely winter. Welcome to the Life Gets Better Now podcast with Mary Hayes Greco. Today's show is The Promise of Freedom. I'm producer Erin Warhol, and I'm here with forgiveness expert Mary Hayes Greco. Hey, Erin. Hi, Mary. My favorite topic. Yes, The Promise of Freedom. I was thinking back to uh, uh, when we began this podcast series, and our first show was called Befriending the F Word learning a new definition of forgiveness. And now in this eighth show, we're talking about what happens when you embrace forgiveness as a life skill. That's right. The other F word, freedom. (laughs) The other, other F word. The other, other, the better, the better other. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, I, I'm really eager to get into this conversation. First, I just want to mention a few more things about you, Mary Hayes Greco. You are the author of a wonderful book called Unconditional Forgiveness, A Simple and Proven Method to Forgive Everyone and Everything. And Mary is also the director of the Midwest Institute for Forgiveness Training. Mary, you've worked with people in workshops and in private consultations for more than 25 years, and you've been all around the world helping people learn how to let go of their old stories and... uh, You've been teaching those steps of forgiveness. I have, and there's just no sign that I'm going to stop. <laughs> there's a high I, I like big it. demand for it. I really like it. Well, the market is never going to dry up. The need for forgiveness is never going to dry up. And mm. uh, there's this thing where, well, my teacher who taught forgiveness also for 25 years put it so well. I, I asked her once, I said, gosh, Edith, you've been doing these workshops all over the world for 25 years. Yeah. how how can you just keep going and going? And she said, my dear, it's ever fresh. (laughs) It's the home of the miracle. Oh, I love it. And that's exactly how I feel. So I'm following in in her footsteps with my 25 years, and I'm just coming back from a workshop a couple days ago and taught about 40 ministers and Mm -hmm. 20 therapists how to do these steps of forgiveness, and they were so excited, like, wow, there's a way, there's a way. And uh, I feel like, wow, hey, I just taught this workshop. And, you know, (laughs) I've taught a couple thousand workshops, but I feel feel like, oh, hey, I just taught this workshop. (laughs) It's great to see. So then they'll they'll all take it into their, either into their churches or their private practices. Yeah, of course they will. And, and it's, it's uh, uh, energizing for all of us because it really, in the end, is about freedom. Mm, that's great. And freedom's one of those things, one of those human things. Well, the point of this podcast is to really help people understand why forgiveness is a life skill, why it's, you you say that it's it's like learning to brush your teeth or learning to drive a car. Right. It's something that... It's a life skill and it's a good health habit. A good health habit. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to talk about today is when when you learn the steps and when you embrace this as sort of a way of life, what 
where does that lead you? Where does that take you? And that's, that's what we're going to dig in on today. Very good. Well, wherever it takes you, you go there with a lighter step. Mm-hmm. You go there with uh, a sense of, of enjoyment mm-hmm. instead of burden. And uh, I, I guess I have to say personally, the thing that forgiveness, practicing forgiveness has given me, being the oldest of eight kids in an alcoholic family system and, and all that that entailed, was it's really taken a burden off of my shoulders. Mm. It's really taken a, a heavy, uh, sad weight from me, mm-hmm. a weight that had words in it like, well, who might I have been if oh. my parents were healthy or who could I be if I wasn't busy taking care of other little kids or, yeah. you know, just some some sad old thoughts and also kind of a burdened, responsible extra responsible approach to life. So uh, in applying the forgiveness work to my own adult child of alcoholics story, what it's given me is uh, easier breathing and lighter shoulders and a lighter step and a more ready ability to laugh (laughs) and a boundary that says, you know, I really care and, and care about and love people, but I'm going to let a whole lot of stories happen around me without taking them on, without mm. taking that suffering on or responsibility on to fix or change other people. So it's really rewriting your own story, the stories that we carry. Yes. My teacher used to say it's not too late to have a happy childhood. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Because uh, when we have a certain series of um, stresses, pain, losses, traumas as we're growing up, we tend to start looking at our whole childhood through these dark glasses. And there's this kind of sad cast over all of it, when in fact you had a lot of good days. Uh-huh. You had a lot of good days. There was days you forgot about like yeah. because you're looking through the lens of trauma. And as you heal your stories one by one by one, you remember those other days. Mm. You remember playing by the creek and how the sun felt. And you remember a, a silly moment with your cousin. And you remember the kind neighbor lady. It all uh, just rises up into view once you process the painful stories that have been causing you to um, hyper-focus on things that are dark and sad. So as I was writing this question, I'm looking at one of my questions, and it it seems kind of a weird one, but I'm going to ask you anyway, because I was wondering, is there a downside to walking the path of forgiveness all the time? And that is, (laughs) like, is it boring to not have the drama? (laughs) Well, there's plenty of drama. (laughs) Life is just dramatic, you know. People are born, people die, somebody makes curry squash soup. That's dramatic. (laughs) Mm. You know, there's, there's plenty of stuff. We don't need to create any unnecessary drama it's, it's just it's just just autumn leaves wow yeah. look at the autumn leaves so um downside to living because i was kind of a born again forgiver for a number yeah. of years this is how i got like up to speed on this whole you know this whole thing yeah there was there was a period of oh four or five years when i realized wow boy this stuff is great and it makes me feel so much freer and i'm gonna just forgive everyone everything all the time yes i'm gonna forgive the traffic jam i'm gonna forgive this the rude person i just saw i'm gonna forgive the snowstorm that just canceled my class i'm just gonna like forgive everyone everything i was like a zen buddhist on steroids kind of a zealot yeah kind of a zealot really like like 
like a Buddhist on steroids, <laughs> roller skating along, yeah. going, wee, non-attachment. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I, and I had some ridiculous little adventures along the way. So like the time I went to teach a workshop and it was the dead of winter and the furnace was out in the church and you couldn't find the janitor. And so there was 15 people eager to forgive. And so we all went and got blankets from our cars <laughs> and went into the, uh, the child, the daycare room because it was the only room that seemed to have any heat at all. And we were sitting in little tiny kid chairs and, you know, with teddy bears around and stuff and our blankets over. And I did the workshop there. And I was in that time of life where I was going, well, okay, whatever. What do we do? Yes, let go. Let God. Let's do this. It's like I released my expectations that I would have a classroom to teach in. I released the expectations. So anyway, I went through this period where I was kind of zealous, kind of born again about forgiveness. and um, But I really took it to the wall. You know, yeah. I took it to the mat, wherever you take it. I took it. <laughs> And I, found, and I, I did, and I found out, wow, this is really about freedom, and I care about freedom. I care about freedom a lot. Yeah. And when I was a little girl, I remember just being moved to my toes. Uh, I was about eight when Martin Luther King was giving his I Have a Dream speech, mm. and he was... And his other talks he was giving at the time, talking about freedom and um, and really putting out this clarion call for the human spirit, you know, yeah. not just black people, but all people, the human spirit. He was just, I remember my whole body was just running with chills and shivers, and I, tears were pouring down my face. Wow. And I thought to myself, he's talking about freedom. I want to talk about freedom too, oh. because we need freedom. I, mean, I just like I got this moment when I was little about freedom, and yeah. and then when I was a young lady, and I was you know it was the free love days, and it was all about that kind of freedom, and then you know I was traveling the world with that that kind of freedom, and reading Walt Whitman, the Song of the Open Road, it was freedom. So I was thinking about freedom in all sorts of ways, and it's really an important value to me. But I didn't really get what I really needed until I started learning the freedom of forgiveness from mm. my teacher, Edith. And I was freeing myself of inner things like shame and and anger and guilt and sorrow. Wow, now we're talking freedom. And then as my life unfolded in this forgiveness work, I was issued a series of challenges uh, that just for a while made me feel, maybe I'm unlucky. Why are so many bad things happening to me? But I think it was actually a further kind of uh, training I was in around forgiveness. I turn, I choose to look at it that way. Yeah. So um, I, I had to forgive a lot of things that would have felt very burdensome if I hadn't just kept releasing my expectations and opening up to the good in every situation I was in. Well, and this idea that that forgiveness leads to freedom, true freedom. It's we always have the power to change our mind. We do. And I wanna just I just got this little quote here that I love because Khalil Gibran says it well. He says, You shall be free indeed when your days are not without a care, nor your nights without a want and a grief, but rather when these things girdle your life and yet you rise above them naked and unbound. Ooh, that's great. He said that. That's yeah. great. It's, so it's not about having everything be perfect and everything go or, sm swimmingly. Right, or even what you thought or what you expected or what yeah. you like. 
there's lots of things that we don't like, but uh, they're here. They're ours. Yeah. It's our classroom. It's our day. It's our people that we're dedicated to that are going through things that we mm -hmm. need to show up to. And being able to release our expectations as we go along and open up to complete support from God, complete uh, cherishing and, and protective support from God through all the things that we're going through, that's really freedom. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, you mentioned in your book about the ripple effect of embracing um, a path of forgiveness and how it sort of ripples out from just your life to people around you or what? It does. You know, one thing I've learned is that if two, two people are in a terrible tangle, no matter how long this tangle's been going on, if only one of those people uh, diligently, earnestly performs forgiveness, it shifts the whole dance mm. for both of them. The other person suddenly feels in their heart or their mind or their spirit somehow like, oh, hmm, well, maybe I can change my attitude a little bit too. Mm -hmm. Or maybe there's just some way where only one person, it only takes one person to start it. Yeah. And one person in a family to start the the log jam that's been there for so long breaking up. Um, I remember when I was teaching in Ireland, it was um, it was a story that came back to me. And there, there's two stories I like to share with you from that trip in Ireland that have to do with this. And one was uh, I was on the radio that day in a small town in Tipperary, Care Town. And I was on the radio, and oh, I love Irish radio. I love them. <laughs> they're so great. They're so caring. They're they're oh. not they're not even like pretending at any kind of journalistic objectivity. Their yeah. heart is just like, oh, it's just there in the microphone, just <laughs> really caring. So we had you know this this call in show, and and they announced that I would be giving a talk about forgiveness at the, at uh, Ashari, the treatment center that evening. And when I was done. Uh, I was leaving the station, and, and people said, um, I said something like, well, so do you think people will come out for this? And they looked, and they said, well, it's either everybody will come or nobody will come, but we don't know which one it will be until the time. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> that, that sounds right. <laughs> so, but turns out everyone came. Oh. Um, so they had to put out extra chairs, and we had a wonderful, wonderful uh, evening of talking about forgiveness. But there was a mother and daughter combo that hadn't been speaking to each other in five years. Grandma and mom hadn't been speaking to each other in the same house. They're living in the same house. They're passing each other Oof. in the kitchen. They're yeah. each making their own tea. They're not pouring tea together. They're making their own tea. This is unheard of, you know. Yeah. So, but the daughter says, as she's leaving the house, the daughter says, so I'm going to that talk with the forgiveness girl. I'm going to that talk. And the mother said, her mother says something like, huh. And she goes to the talk and she comes home and they just began pick they just picked up and began talking to each other. Nobody said, Oh, it's been a sad five years not talking to each other. <laughs> what was that thing we did that bothered each other? They didn't even process it at all. They just began talking again. Oh, that's amazing. I know. I think it's because <laughs> she's going, the town's going, Okay, well we'll we'll just call it off tonight. We'll stop the unforgiveness. <laughs> it was funny. And I have to tell you one more thing yes. about that talk because it was so charming. So 
I was told by an American therapist, oh, you'll never get those people to open up and share. They're just, they're very buttoned up. They won't share. Yeah. And I said, oh, sure they will. They'll share, you know. And, and so I, I was in my first talk in, in Ireland, and I said, you know, I hope you'll help me out tonight because I'm a little kind of, kind of a little nervous. And I, this, these talks go so much better, you know, if people are willing to share personally. But, you know, there's an American therapist that I talked to, and she said that you, you guys aren't going to share, that you're, that you're, you're too scared to talk about your feelings in your hearts. Mm. Well, you say that to an Irish audience. You're too scared to do something. <laughs> Threw it down. Oh, no. They're raising their hands. They're sharing. They're crying. They're talking. We had a wonderful <laughs> evening. And then I went to the next county, and I gave a t- talk there, and they were all buttoned up sitting there. And I said, you know, I was just over in Tipperary Town, and, well... They did a really brilliant job sharing their hearts and being really honest and vulnerable. But they told me that maybe you guys wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and you get, you get them throw down because they're so competitive. They have the yeah. matches. Anyway, so they all shared. So <laughs> That's a ripple effect. <laughs> That's a ripple effect. I know. But then there's one story, one more story I'd like to um, share with you. But I wonder if maybe we should talk about our... Our, uh, yes, fine let's take sponsors a quick break here. I tell before, you about. So remember that story that you're going to share. Yes. Um, this podcast is brought to you by the energy and attitude of unconditional love. Unconditional love. It's there for you and it wants you to thrive. And the new definition of forgiveness. Forgiveness is releasing an expectation that is causing you to suffer. Oh. All right. Let's hear it, Mary. Well, <laughs> um... We're talking about freedom and forgiveness. Yeah. And one of the wonderful things that I've seen in my work is when I've worked with somebody who got very hurt and bound up as a child mm-hmm. and has remained bound up in that way for many years, this wonderful physical thing happens where when they get to the other side of that painful story that happened when they were five or when they were eight or whenever the child in them comes just bounding out. Mm-hmm. There's an amazing vital physicality that suddenly just wakes up in these people. I've seen this a number of times. But yeah. But I want to tell you about um, particularly a, a woman named Maggie. And Maggie was uh, a longtime sponsee of my friend, Sister Eileen, who had brought me to Ireland. And in, in their... Um, their support group, she had struggled uh, with shame about everything. She was a very, very shame-filled person, and she would struggle with shame about everything since she was little because when she was little, she was five, and she accidentally caused her sister to become burned. And she then became the recipient of all the blame and hate and scapegoating in, in the family life from then on. So she became the bad one. Um, she was five, and yeah. she was climbing up on the stove. There was not an adult in the room. There was a mm-hmm. pot of boiling water, and mm. she accidentally grabbed at the pot of boiling water and pulled it right down on her little sister, who was three, <sighs> covering her in boiling water. And, of course, she survived, but she was scarred. Mm-hmm. And so that, right then and there in that family system, Maggie became the bad one, and the mm. little sister became the, the good one that you c- could never make it up too. Yeah. So she gets she got spoiled, so to speak, and yeah. Maggie got blamed for everything. And so this poor woman just grew up with just t- 
terrible, terrible self-loathing and uh, really felt like she was the cause of problems and that, that she hadn't, there was no reason for her to live. And, you know, she had just struggled in, intensely with addictions for years and, and very, very low self-esteem. She managed to finally get herself sober and stable, but just kind of miserable. And she came to my workshop and uh, she was the person that I picked to work with, with the support of the group. And that's not really that I pick it. I, mm-hmm. I ask for a volunteer and a few people raise their hands. Yeah. And then I, I say a little prayer and see if I can see God's yellow highlighter on somebody yeah, and say, so. okay, you know what, I'm supposed to work with that person. Yeah. And she was so, it. She was it. So Maggie was it. And it was about uh, 20 people in the room. And most of them were um, therapists or um, people on the on on the path and anyway i i brought maggie to um forgiving her family system we really mm-hmm. she realized that she needed to forgive her family which turned her into the scapegoat and oh. blamed her for everything so we did this thing and we we did a little psychodrama we had people stand up to represent her brother and her sister and her mother and her father and and had them stand there and had her do the forgiveness work it was very powerful mm-hmm. really powerful and she was she was so changed when she shed that formation mm-hmm. of bondage and energy that she'd taken on since she was five, and that that really melted off of her. She was feeling so light she was a little giddy, really? and we actually had to kind of like wrap her in a blanket <laughs> and have someone sit with her for about two hours because she was she was so. She was so light, she felt giddy, mm-hmm. and we had to help her kind of get grounded and, and contained again. But but anyway, her face was transformed. It was her her head was up, her shoulders were back, her heart was open, her eyes were bright. She was smiling and laughing and blushing, and really looking at people. And because she had been so steeped in shame, she hadn't been looking at anyone. Uh-huh. People with shame keep their eyes kind of downcast. She was looking at everyone like she was looking out of a, you know, a rabbit hole into the sunny day and like, oh, what's this world out here? It was amazing to see this on her. And um, I thought, wow, this is really amazing. She she looks completely different. I wonder, could this really be? Yeah. Really be this change? And sure enough, she came to see me four days later because she wanted to do another piece of work uh, about something else. But she just marched in, and she had this sparkle to her and and this delight, and she was just so, so psyched about freedom, Freedom. about being free of that family story, of that family blame, of of this idea that she was wrong and she caused wrong things. She was so psyched by the freedom that at the end of uh, the second session, she was she pumped my hand so hard I thought it was going to fall off. She just <laughs> gave me this like iron grip handshake, and she just right in my face with these bright blue eyes. She's right in my face. Thank you very much, Mary, and now I will be free. And she's like goes out the door, and I look, and she is skipping. The woman is 55, (laughs) and she is skipping to her car because she has released that child inside, and that energy of that child that had been suppressed has come out. And I've seen that a few times where somebody just, when they got to the other side of the eight steps and they released this bad, saddled story, they just had an urge to do a somersault <laughs> <laughs> or roll down a hill or something. Yeah. Another woman I worked with 
um, when she was she forgave her grandfather who had sexually abused her and had kept her under wraps, you know, emotionally yeah. for years and years. And she just said, I'm going to go right out there. And she points out to this big green hill. I'm going to go right out there and roll down that hill. Who's coming with me? And a couple of people went and she just marched up. It's kind of funny because, you know, marched up there sort of, you know, yeah. stodgily, stumpily getting up to the top of the hill and then lying down and determinedly rolling down the hill like mm. a child. So, yeah, it's so, you know, it's really all about the freedom. It's about the freedom, and it, it, that we've said this before, but it, it's a game changer. It is. And it's, it's about making a, a, interrupting a pattern and then creating a whole new way of being in the world. Exactly. And just having uh, people and life respond to you differently because mm-hmm. you are, re- are feeling different inside your own self. You're, yeah. you're calling out different experiences because you're looking out through freshly rinsed eyes and you're feeling that self-love. Mm, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story. I think I, I get so moved by these stories of healing in part because I feel like it's this method of forgiveness, the steps to freedom, they're they're really efficient. You know what I mean? They're absolutely. It, it doesn't cost a lot of money. No, you, you know what I mean. You don't have to. They always work. Yeah, and you it, can learn them for free. You can go on the website forgivenesstraining.com and learn the steps. They're right there. A little video, little steps. You can come to a workshop. You can do. You can learn this yeah. and do it. And and it's pretty amazing because you're drawing on resource. You don't need some tool that's outside of yourself. You need the you need the knowledge. You need the learning. The willingness. Right. You need to be educated about um, what the eight steps are and and how they work. Mm -hmm. And in the book, Unconditional Forgiveness, each of the steps has a whole chapter. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the book, it has a a quick uh, referral guide that you can just Mm -hmm. look through and see illustrations. Oh, yes, step one, step two, step three. You can, once you really uh, get your head around it and you've experienced it once or twice, and you go, oh, oh, I see. I Mm -hmm. see what they're talking about. It's really an energetic uh, shift. It's mm-hmm. really an energy experience. So, meaning, this is not a thought. This is not just a head thing. Yeah. Meaning, you you felt something heavy leave you, and you felt something sparkly and light and happier come into you. Your own soul yeah. comes into you more and more and more. You embody the light of your own soul as you shed these old stories that have got you all plugged up. So the eight steps of forgiveness is my forgiveness model, which I inherited uh, from my teacher, and I've refined it. And there's a lot of models out there. There's, there's now 26 models and methods of forgiveness out there, but, um, and I've looked into a lot of them, at least a dozen of them, and tried some of them. But I really assure you, these eight steps, is, it's just the best stuff since sliced bread, Erin, <laughs> because it always works. And, yeah, uh, and, and I, I, you've called yourself a plumber in the past. <laughs> Because you help people get unstuck from these stories, but what what strikes me is, you know, we don't need any particular uh, political party to be in office. We don't need government intervention. We don't need people to you change around us. You don't need someone us. to say they forgive you. Yeah. You don't need to go to them and say, "Will you forgive me?" You don't have to work it out with them. Yeah, it's a private experience. You could do it at home in your pajamas on Saturday morning with a cup of coffee nearby and the yeah. door closed and a box of Kleenex and you're there for an hour and you come out feeling great. And and having a whole new lease on life. Mm-hmm. 
Great. Oh, Mary, this has been so much fun exploring uh, unconditional forgiveness with you over these podcasts. And I have a feeling we're going to have many more conversations about this. I'm not done yet. No, you're not done yet. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And uh, I would just like to say uh, many thank yous to our sound engineer, Daniel Zamzow. We really appreciated your good work on this podcast. And if you'd like to send us an email and tell us about your story, uh, forgivenesstraining at gmail.com is the email. And please pass the word. Please let the people that you see around you who are too heavy with something old, Mm -hmm. let them know about this because uh, we all want to help everyone feel better. Excellent. Excellent. I'm producer Aaron Warhol. And I'm Mary Hayes Greco. Thanks a lot. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. Tonight.